Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season four, episode 17 of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Because the Night. This was a fun one. I love whenever we get to go back in time. And ooh, this was a good decade for Damon. This was a good decade for Damon. He was looking the best he's ever looked. I think we can confidently say that. Yeah. And he's a good looking guy, but the 70s were kind. I can't believe they haven't been putting him in tank tops. I mean, I can because that's not really his character, but come on. But they've been depriving us, the audience, of Damon in a tank top for far too long. It's rude. First they kill Jeremy, then they put Damon in sleeves. How long do I have to live through this? What kind of crimes against humanity will Julie Plett commit next? As always, I'll start by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. Realizing that Elena needs some time away from Mystic Falls, Damon takes her to New York City, where he lived and partied hard in the 1970s. When Rebecca also shows up in New York, she's impressed with Elena's secret agenda. Flashbacks reveal Damon's hedonistic life in the underground club scene and a complicated encounter with Lexi. Meanwhile, Caroline and Stefan try to convince Klaus that it would be in his own best interest to help them track Silas down, and Bonnie struggles to keep her grasp on reality and do the right thing. Girl, that grasp was gone long before this week. Her hand was open on reality, not even a little grasped. Yeah, reality was just flying right by and everyone's like, you want to try to catch that? And she was like, I'm trying. And it's like, girl, I don't think you are. You got to move your hand. She said, where's Jeremy? Oh, girl. <laughs> we start the episode in New York City. And they don't tell us right away, but it's 1977. Because I thought we were going to get to like Elena and Damon, like killing this couple together. But no, before your time, they wanted to make it a little ambiguous. So there's a couple walking home. She's like, oh, you were right. That show was really good. Ha ha ha. The camera work is very like stalker camera vibes. So we know, you know, these two are going to die. She says, thanks for inviting me. And he's like, oh, I want to do it next week. And she says, if you're lucky, ha ha ha. Neither of you are going to be lucky. Yeah. Because <laughs> they look ahead and they see a guy laying on the sidewalk. And it's clear just from all the signs that obviously that's Damon. But I was like, that's kind of a weird outfit on Damon. Like, that's not something we see. And it's because of the time. Yeah, it's a very loud leather jacket. And it's very funny for him to do his little laying in the street vibe in New York. Because in New York, I bet if he laid in the street, like taxis just kept running him over. Yeah, no one would stop. He's like, I got to go to the sidewalk. <laughs> Also, that these are the only two out in New York right now. Yes. What neighborhood is this? What time is it? Like, why are there? Why is there no one else on the road? I've never lived in New York. I've been to New York once. I don't even believe this. Yeah. She's like, oh, my God, do you think he's dead? And he says, I don't know. You stay back. And he looks back at her to be like, stay back, girly. I got you. And then when he looks back to the sidewalk, surprise, surprise, the guy's not there anymore. And he's like looking at the sidewalk, like, where'd he go? Then he hears his girlfriend scream. He turns. She's already dead. Yeah, Damon made quick work of her. She's got like a neck wound. And then he hears, you know, some rattling and then he sees a shadow. And the guy's like, oh my God, you're that serial killer, aren't you? You're the son of Sam, which gives us a little timing clue. Yeah, this is a good way to introduce the timing. But I'm like, you fucking idiot. The son of Sam was shooting people. Are you not reading the news? He was in a high stress situation. Come on, buddy. Get to profiling. 
and so we see it's Damon. He's got blood on his mouth and he says, son of Giuseppe, but close enough. He ha ha. Giggle, giggle. Giggle, giggle. Uh, and then he attacks him and they play that song that goes like, psycho killer. Qu'est-ce que c'est? I don't think I've ever heard that song before. You've never heard that song before? I don't think so. You would think I would have because how have they not played that in Criminal Minds? Yeah. I don't even know what that song's from or what, but I know that song. I've never heard it before. I liked it. It was good. It really set the tone. And then a subtitle shows up and it says New York City, 1977. So we know we're going to be in some flashbacks this episode. Stephanie is editing, so we'll see what song she chooses to play. (laughs) This is going to be a heavy sound episode. The pressure's on for some good 70s music and New York music. We got a lot of options both ways. Gonna be whiplash. You never know what sound is coming next, baby. And then we go to present day New York City. Welcome to New York. It's been waiting for you. Where we see Elena and Damon walking in a crowd. It's a classic New York shot where you can't really see them right away because they're just a huge crowd, and then we slowly pick their little faces out. Mm-hmm. Very classic. And Elena says, you dragged me all the way to New York City because you were feeling nostalgic. And he says, no, I dragged you to New York City because in a matter of days, you managed to piss off everyone in Mystic Falls. And that's a little more difficult to do in a city of millions. Yeah, she's like, well, Mystic Falls is small and I'm a big bitch. It's been waiting for you. She says, I was hungry. And he says, you were also reckless. And she says, well, no, there's a difference. I was emotionless. No, you were also reckless. You can be both things. Like you can be reckless and not care about it, but that doesn't make you not reckless. Yeah. And Damon says, look, all that matters is when I lived here, I fed like crazy and had a blast and I went undetected for years. And she says, so we're just here to have fun. Like, what's the catch? And he says, no catch. You want it out. I got you out. You wanted to feed. I brought you to a city sized all you can eat buffet. The beauty of New York is there's so much life that a little death goes unnoticed. This is a relatively good lie, but come on. Obviously, there's a catch. You guys aren't just traveling for fun. Never are. It is a relatively good lie given the circumstances. And I do think she might have let a lot of it go. But the thing is, with just him and her, even if Rebecca didn't come, I don't think he could distract her enough to get what he needed to get done here without alerting her. Yeah, especially because he has to go to this one bar that he was at all the time. And I think he does a pretty good job of being like, oh, I ran into Lexi and like trying to trick her into thinking this is like a humanity trip in a way, because I think that's a good try. I think he he does have a good attempt. He does the best he can do. But Elena is like not trusting anything right now because she's going a little batshit. And I have to, you know, agree with her there. She shouldn't trust David on this. Yeah, because he is lying. (laughs) Yeah. He says, let's go get lunch. And they go. So then we check in with Mystic Falls, where Damon has called Stefan. And Stefan says, what do you mean you took her to New York? Stefan's like, come on. He's like, I am over here solving like the actual big concern for us right now. And you just went to New York. He's like, I know she's being annoying, but like, that's why we have a dungeon. Yeah. He's like, I think a dungeon might have been smarter than New York. Damon says, you know, that tone is the reason I didn't pick up the phone the first 20 times you called. And Stefan says, okay, where is she now? And Damon says, oh, she's out exploring. She's maybe eating a hot dog vendor. Giggle, giggle. Stefan says, so I take it your search for Catherine is off? Damon says, relax. This little vampire joyride is actually a cure hunt. He's arrived at a bar called Billy's. 
doesn't take us too long to figure out that vampire was named Will, but it's called Billy's. We can all connect the dots. And he says, you know, the vampire that Catherine sent after Haley is a friend of mine. He lived in the city. Will got vampires fake identities, and I'm sure Catherine was one of his clients. He was smart with that plan, keeping his little thriving business, which is dumb because you would think that if I'm a vampire, I'd go up to someone and be like, give me your ID. Yeah, or just kill them and take their ID. But I guess there is something to be said for having someone you can just pick one up from. Yeah, like a one-stop shop. You don't have to hunt someone down. Exactly. You don't have to go looking to kill someone who looks enough like you that the ID works. Yeah. Yeah, you got to give it to Will. He set himself up pretty good here for a while. You know, obviously, uh, he didn't he didn't live forever. Well, that's the problem working for Catherine. Mm-hmm. You're going to get thrown off eventually. And giving fake identities to people and then, you know, their real identity. You're putting yourself in a dangerous position. Yeah, but it's good money while it works. Yeah, it's nice work if you can get it. Stefan says, oh, and Elena's just like, okay with this little field trip, because like just yesterday she was living the vampire high life. I don't think she wants the cure. And Damon says, relax. I didn't tell her. (laughs) Stefan's like, okay, uh, but if she does find out that you're still looking for the cure, she will bolt. Stefan's like, look, I appreciate you not telling her that. That's a good first step. But we all saw how she acted last week, so... You know, let's be a little bit more proactive about it. Yeah, let's take it a little bit more seriously. And Damon says, look, I'm aware. I'm just hoping she'll be so wasted on booze and blood that she won't even think about it. Oversimplification of how the week's going to go, but that's fine. Yeah, you're going to need some more booze and some more blood. Yeah. And Stefan says, don't underestimate her, which Damon is absolutely doing. And Damon says, hey, if I can handle you when you flipped your switch, I can handle her. Trust me. Which begs the question... Did he handle Stefan? <laughs> That's question number one. The answer is no. Question number two, do you really think these are comparable? Because Stefan, you just kind of have to not let him feed it all. Elena, you have to play some mind games. Yeah, and she's playing the mind games right back. The thing about Stefan humanity off, he's just like killing people. But also when Stefan's humanity was off, he was also like Klaus's lackey. He was a very controlled predictable issue yeah like you could say okay if i leave stefan alone in this place he's gonna kill like three people if you leave elena alone in a club she's doing something it's hard to say what you don't know what she's gonna do also because you know stefan better he's your brother and you've seen him go through the no humanity thing clearly you guys don't know what elena's capable of yet yeah i was gonna say let us not discount the history you have with each other and also that you have been vampires longer because the first time Stefan turned off his humanity, Damon did bad. Damon didn't even get close to handling him. Damon said, hey, go eat someone. And then he was like, oh, shit, you're not good at this, huh? Oops. Damon is overestimating himself, underestimating Elena. And Stefan just is like, this is not the number one priority we have to worry about right now. Because as he knows, Silas is around. So he's like, I just have to trust Damon, whatever. Yeah, he's like, you do what you're going to do with Elena. If she gives you the slip, we'll deal with it later. He's like, I can't be worried about you guys at the moment. Stefan just says, like, listen to me. She's ruthless without her humanity. The cure is the fastest way to get it back. Because also, let us not forget, last week when Elena really started, you know, leaning into not having her humanity on, Damon wasn't even there. Stefan's the only one who's even seen it up front. So Stefan's like, I'm just going to warn you. It's going to be bad for you, but you know what? Whatever. 
because Damon's like, oh, she just wants to have fun. And it's like, that's certainly part of it, Damon. But what happens when you're not the fun one anymore? Mm-hmm. What happens when you're getting in the way of the specific fun she wants to have? I'll tell you, she'll snap your neck and leave you on a roof. Yeah. Damon says, oh, just be a good brother and keep Mystic Falls afloat. Let me do my thing. And then Elena approaches. So Damon says, look, we got an immortal named Silas to deal with, remember, and hangs up. And we can see when Elena's approaching, her hair is curled and she's got red streaks in her hair. It is an upgrade from the bump it, but at what cost? You know, I love that she got some layers in her hand. She got some side bangs because, of course, Nino Brad looks beautiful in side bangs. Yeah. I think the red streak is so funny. It's so funny. It's so funny alone being a red streak. Yes. But it's second of all, even with her humanity off, this is as crazy as Elena can get. (laughs) I think that is such a good read on her character. She said, I'm going to do the craziest hair you can imagine. She got like long layers and put one streak in. And a blowout. Like she said, oh, I'm crazy. And the way she's walking around with this haircut, you would think that she thinks she walked off the Paris runway, bitch. She's walking around like she got a boob job. She is acting brand fucking new. She is like, oh, I was already better than y'all. And now look at this shit. It's just the funny thing about it, too, is she walked into a salon. You know, you have to imagine. And she said, I just want something different. And they said, oh, you want to cut all your hair off? She said, no, absolutely not. And then they're like, oh, do you want to dye your hair? She says, no, Uh, but maybe a streak. And they said, what color? And she said, red, like blood, get it. And I have my own opinions on different colors of streaks. Red is such a specific vibe. Yes. Because it's so, like, it's so close to being a natural color while also being one of the fakest colors you can pick. Like, I'm all for colored hair. I did a lot of colored hair in the pandemic. Bright red is, like, very, very bold. Well, and a bright red streak is so, like, hot topic in, like, a very accessible way. It's like, I want to be edgy, but not so much. But I still want it to go with my blazer that I'm wearing. Yeah, like, it's somehow so bold and so boring. That's the Elena specialty, baby. (laughs) Because, like, I'm thinking of Uri, a pretty little liar. She had hot pink and she had multiple streaks all through her hair. Now, that's an artsy colored hair take. Even though you would think hot pink would be more girly, it's, like, not girly because it's in streaks. Yeah. Something about the red is, like, you just decided you wanted to do a bold color and you said, what's the boldest one I can imagine? Like, I feel like people who do, like, blue or purple just, like, really love blue or purple. But, like, something about red, it's so Elena. It's so Elena. It's just such a perfect read on like humanity off Elena. Think she is slaying like nobody has ever slayed before. You can't tell her anything in this hair. I know she went and she said, give me a red streak. And they said, great. You're like our third person to do this day. She's like, that can't be true. She said, but I'm the hottest one, right? She's like, no, I'm the first one to think of this. Okay. Yeah. I invented this. They're like, oh, I mean, it's really popular right now. And then she killed them. (laughs) And she went to a different salon. Yeah. She flips her hair and smiles at Damon. It's like, girly, I swear. She's feeling it. She's feeling it deep in her soul. It's like that episode of New Girl where Jess and Cece get blowouts and they get too confident. That's Elena. That's exactly what she's doing. I'm obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with her having fun with it. It's such 
an amazing read on Elena's character <laughs> in such a specific way. Like the color of the streak, where the streak is, all of it. I just love it. It is totally damning. <laughs> it is so deeply offensive to Elena. It is so bullying. Then we go over to the Salvatore house. Remember last week we had a party there. So Caroline is there cleaning up. Don't know why she's responsible for this, but I guess she's actually there because she still wants to get drunk because she's just drinking from loose solo cups. So, you know, she's not in a good place. Yeah. If you are cleaning up a party and you're picking up a cup with something and you're drinking it, you need to talk to someone. And who comes in for Caroline to talk to, but Klaus. And he says, ah, desperate times, I take it. And she's immediately like, you know, antagonistic to him. She says, what are you doing here? And he says, well, I'm not judging you for starters. Although if you are determined to get drunk, might I perhaps recommend something a little bit more sanitary? Just to spite him, she drinks from another loose solo cup and then tosses it on the ground. And he says, okay, well, then you showed me, I guess. Because yeah. <laughs> she's like, how dare you? I can drink whatever I want. It's like, you can. It would be funny if she picked up a cup and drank and like spit out. She's like, that was the ashtray. It was a bunch of cigarette butts. <laughs> she says, shouldn't you be out chasing Tyler to the ends of the earth? Or are there still some hopes and dreams you want to crush around here? And he says, okay, well, that depends. Do you happen to know where the young Brutus is? He's like, I'm not really that concerned about Tyler. Yeah, he says, do I look like I give a fuck? Tyler who? He's like, I just wanted him out of town. I'll kill him at some point or I won't. As long as he's out of town, I'm happy. Yeah. He says, you know where he is? Caroline says, I know where he's not with me. He gave Matt the deed to the house, so he's gone for good. And Klaus says, okay, might I remind you that Tyler made it his life's mission to kill me, so you really can't hate me for driving him away. She says, "Mm, I can, and I do, so. Yeah, because, like, his life's mission, he's known you for, like, a year. And also, you know Tyler. Like, how successful do you really foresee him being? Well, and also, after the last time Tyler tried to kill Klaus, the whole hybrid thing, Tyler hasn't really tried again. I mean, he was like acting like, oh, we're going to give you the cure and then kill you. Ha ha ha. No one else was on board with that. He didn't confer with anyone. That was not a plan that was at all in the running. Yeah. Everyone else like, oh, we're giving it to Elena. It was Elena, then Rebecca, then Bonnie's mom, then maybe kill Klaus. If like for some reason, none of those work. Yeah, they weren't really deeply worried about Klaus. And like Tyler wasn't getting anywhere on killing Klaus. And he wasn't particularly motivated these days because He lost pretty epically. Yeah. I think Klaus just was sick of him, as was I. Yeah. Klaus just wants him out of town so that Caroline will finally start flirting more. I mean, come on. I really, my hopes were up this week. You thought this was going to be the week. I really did. Egg on my face. Egg on your face, indeed. Caroline says, if you don't mind, I'd like to get back to spiraling, so go away. And then Stefan comes in. He says, actually... I asked him to be here because we need his help because I think Silas is in Mystic Falls. Stefan's like, no one has any fucking time to spiral. And he was like, and I'm going to ignore the fact that I spiral all the time and make Caroline take care of me. Caroline, you don't get to do that. Yeah, he said, not you, queen. I'll spiral when I want to spiral, but you can't spiral right now. And also, Caroline's not really spiraling. I do think it's hard because I know Forward was such a big couple for so long. And I know they can't have Caroline immediately hop over to Klaus because it's really not true to the character. But it's like, I find it hard to believe that Caroline would be this, like, really beat down by Tyler leaving. I'm like, girl, get over it. I believe that she's more beat down at, like, why would he not try to reach out to me at all? Because it's like, I've been fucking trying. And also because I feel like she doesn't feel like she can talk to as many people as usual because Bonnie's 
fucking out. Yeah. Elena's out. And like she'll talk to Stefan, but I feel like she trusted Tyler more. So yeah. I think she's in this place where she's like, I just need to talk to someone who like gets me. Yeah. So I think she just kind of misses like that comfort. Sure. And he could easily get on a payphone. Like, I get that he maybe can't keep his same cell phone number because it'll track. And I get that even a burner phone he couldn't really keep because someone could track that if they were really trying to hunt him, which Klaus doesn't seem particularly, like, active with at the moment. And it would also be smart of Tyler to call and be like, hey, is Klaus in Mystic Falls? Does it seem like he's hunting me? Yeah. What's going on? Because he's just wandering with no information, it appears. Yeah, he's just walking around. I think Caroline's also just like pissed at much of the situation. Yes. She's doing a lot of emotional labor for these people right now, Mm -hmm. as she always has been. Exactly. That's my justification for why she cares so much. Because, you know, me, I'm like, go kiss Klaus. Like, girl, Klaus is right there. I would have kissed him a long time ago. I would have fallen for that hook, line, and sinker. Then we go over to the Bennett house. Bonnie is hanging out with Silas, who's appearing as Professor Shane. We could do a fun little name thing. We could call him Shaneless, but I'm just going to refer to him as Silas. Yeah, because at this point, Jig is up. He told Bonnie. Yeah, he says like, oh, take a deep breath. She says, I can't do this. He says, relax, trust me. And we're like, Bonnie, how the fuck do you still think that is Shane? And there's tea again on the table. It's like, girl. But then she says, you know, well, how can I trust you if you won't show me your real face? Don't you think it's a little creepy that you're appearing as my dead professor? And we're like, okay, at least she knows that's not Shane. Yes, at least he came out with that information. Yeah, and he says, I told you I'm Silas. So we know that he has told Bonnie this. Of course, it's nice that he told her because she's going to forget it in about two hours. So he doesn't really care that he told her. (laughs) He says, I told you I'm Silas. I told you Shane died on the island. I'm trying to earn your trust. And then he says, look, you invited me into your home. Why? Why'd you lie to your friends and tell them everything was fine? Why did you convince your dad that you needed Professor Shane's help to control your magic? What am I doing here? And she says, you're in my head. You're making me see things and do things. And Silas said, hey, I'm strong, but you are a witch. And I can't force you to do anything you don't already want to do. That's exactly what someone who's manipulating someone would say. He's like, I can't make you do something, but I am going to make you do this. But it's your idea. It's not mine. You want to do this. You want to do it. I'm just here to help you. And like, it's super convenient that it's what I want also, but that is not by design. And just because you got the idea from me doesn't mean I manipulated you into it. And then he decides to twist the knife, keep the manipulation going. He says, you care about Jeremy, right? He said, do I need to bring up Jeremy again? I'll keep doing it. Yeah, he said, I have no problem. Uh, She says, I do. And Silas says, yeah, you were with him and you promised to protect him, but you failed. (laughs) Slide it. I mean, yeah. Silas has this one on lock. I mean, Silas is probably like, man, killing Jeremy Slade for me. Yeah, he's like, this one just keeps on paying off. Yeah. So that's one of the better kills I've done in my life. And he says, and now in order to bring him back, and she finishes, I need to get rid of the other side. And he says, hey, you're descended from Ketsia, one of the most powerful witches of all time. Only you can complete the triangle and cast the spell. And I want to ask a question here. I think we can talk about this more as it goes on. But I find it very interesting the way Silas is talking about Ketsia in a positive light here, so it seems. Do you make anything different having met Silas of Silas and Ketsia's relationship? How do you think Ketsia feels about Silas? Do you think we'll ever meet Ketsia? 
I think we'll probably meet Ketsia either through like some medium way or if the veil is indeed dropped, because I think we've just been naming her so much. And I do think we're going to get to a point where Bonnie is not going to be using expression forever. Someone is stripping that expression from her and I wouldn't be shocked to as Ketsia. I do think there is this like weird, I kind of assume Cyrus would come out and be like, fuck Ketsia, she ruined my whole life. She did like all this, blah, 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 that made me sit in this tomb for 2000 years, whatever it is. But he does seem to be like, oh, she's just so powerful. But I think that's also like, you're so powerful because you're descended from this person. Mm-hmm. But I do think, you know, there's a fear of like, I think that he would want revenge on Ketsia in some way. And one way to get that revenge, kill off the last remaining witch in your line. Because mm-hmm. she is the last descendant we know of. Because we know that it takes a lot of power, even with the expression triangle. Like you have to channel a lot of power. Wouldn't be shocking if that ended with Bonnie also dying. Bonnie is not necessarily like safe from the way this works. And like if she Mm -hmm. were to die in whatever spell drops the veil, like is she included in that dropped veil or is she the first one to move over to the official endpoint that is not the other side? That's a question. Great question. And then Bonnie says, well, you know, completing the triangle means killing 12 people. And Silas says, oh, my God, 12 people you can bring back. Bonnie, you can do this for Jeremy. Silas said, you got to get over the killing 12 people thing. Like, please get past that. He said, I understand that you don't want to, like, kill 12 people, blah, blah, blah. They're going to come back. They're going to come back. I keep telling you this. Then we go over to the Salvatore house. Klaus pours himself a drink and says, okay, so some blood went missing from a few hospitals. What about Elena? Don't vampires with their humanity off like to overindulge in human blood? And then he turns to Stefan and says, or are you the exception? Gagged him. Yeah, Stefan says, okay, well, it's not Elena. And I don't really think we need to be making fun of me right now. He's like, I don't really think we need to just like drag me all the time. Like I'm trying to be helpful. I'm the only one planning ahead at the moment. He says, I do not want to be a third wheel in this pair but I fear I am. He said, I'm starting to see some sparks. Mm -hmm. And Klaus says, okay, well, let's say for a moment that it was Silas. I'm struggling to see how this affects me. And Stefan explains to Klaus and to the audience some of the circumstances we're operating under right now because there's a lot going on. Stefan says, look, Silas wants to die and be reunited with his one true love, but he's supernatural. So if he takes the cure and dies, he gets stuck on the other side. And Klaus says, how Shakespearean. And Stefan says, but if he destroys the other side altogether, he can take the cure, die and pass on. But in destroying it, every dead supernatural being will return to our side. And Caroline jumps in and she says, that means that every werewolf, witch, every vampire, they're all coming back to life. I wonder how many of those you personally killed. Care yet? And Klaus is like, I get my habits back. (laughs) (laughs) And Klaus says, "Okay, my interest is peaked. Uh, How do we stop him? And Stefan says, well, Bonnie said Silas needs to complete three massacres to do the spell. Before Professor Shane died, he convinced the pastor to blow up the council, then had you kill your hybrids, and now he only needs one more massacre. So if he's here, that's what he's doing. We need to find him. Stefan eating. Yeah, Stefan's like, I have a plan. We're getting ready. You are my team this week. And it's a good team. They actually work quite well together, this little trio. Yeah. Then we go over to Billy's in the present day. Elena and Damon enter. Damon says, looks about right. Yeah, it's like, it's a dive bar. It's got a sign that says beer. It's got stickers on the wall. It's pretty classic. It's a, it's a dive bar named Billy's. I think we can all imagine what it looks like. Yeah. Elena is none too pleased. She says, I was promised hedonism. She says, this is just a stinky bar. 
It's like, girl, I hate to tell you, this is what most bars are like. I know you're 18. Uh, this is as close to hedonism as you're getting, unfortunately. <laughs> this is what we have. Uh, Damon says, well, it's early. Hedonism isn't a big fan of sunlight. And Elena says, or soap. Damon says, okay, easy, judgy. Not everybody got a hot new haircut today. She like flips her hair, smiles, she blushes. The compliment goes straight to her head. One compliment on her hair. She's like, I'm the bitch. She is like obsessed with this haircut. And it's like, girl, you've just never curled your hair before. I mean, I can relate. The first time I curled my hair, I was like, oh, oh, bitch. (laughs) It's like when I would do field work for like two weeks and then I would come back and do my hair and makeup. I remember I was on a Zoom call and I was like, I look like Ariana Grande. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, no, I do. Like, I'm not. And I didn't even look that good. Like, I have my hair back in a fucking headband. And I was like, I look like Ariana Grande. I took a picture because I was like, I was like, I'm going to have to look at this later because I know I don't. And I looked back and I was like, "Mm, no, I don't. I don't look like Ariana Grande. But I was convinced. I like, I could not tell you what that Zoom meeting was about because I was looking at myself. Hair and makeup can really affect a person. And it's getting to Elena today. There's no better feeling. She's very relatable in that way. (laughs) Damon says, just give it a couple hours. This place will be crawling with more punked out nihilists than you could eat in a decade. Trust me. And Elena says, what is a nihilist? (laughs) Elena says, how do you know? And he says, because I spent most of the 70s here. Yeah, because notably every bird that was really hopping in the 70s is the same amount of hopping in the present day. Yes. Well, it's also funny. Obviously, this is not the case, but wouldn't it be funny if he walked in and like all the regulars were the same and they were just all old people and they were like, Damon? (laughs) Damon goes on to say the factory was too clean. CBGB's was too high profile. But Billy's, Billy's was the underground of the underground. Mm -hmm. He did not get into the factory. He tried. (laughs) Yeah, He certainly did not. He did not get invited in. They said, no, sir. Andy Warhol did not respond to him. There's no way. Yeah. He said, I think you should try Billy's. Andy Warhol would have responded to Stefan, but not to Damon. Andy Warhol's a Stefan girly. He would be. He would be. And I'm not afraid to say it. (laughs) Then we go back to the 70s. There's a punk show at Billy's. And I say punk in quotes because it's really just a concert. It's the CW version of a punk show. Exactly. Damon drops off the IDs of the people he killed at the beginning of the episode with Will. And Will says, oh, wow, two for one, rock and roll. So we know it's the 70s. So we know that he owns the the rock and roll bar. Yeah, so we know he's like the rock and roll guy. So he's edgy. (laughs) So he's edgy. You can tell because he's also dressed edgy. Damon says, hey, that's the third five foot seven brunette I've gotten for you, Billy. Same client. And Will says, she's a runner. Some vampires need more identities than others. And it's like, boy. So Damon was never a critical thinker, it appears. He was never a critical thinker. Like, I know that, like, five foot seven brunettes are, like, common enough. And I know he thinks Catherine is dead. Dead in the tomb, same difference. I don't know. It is, isn't it, like, aren't you curious? There's no reason he would make that leap, but it's just funny that he never did in all the years. And it is funny that he was basically just giving Catherine new IDs so she could keep avoiding him. I'm sure she knew. I'm sure she thought that was fucking funny. Oh, I'm sure Billy was like, Oh, yeah, there's a cute guy who comes in here sometimes. Uh, he's really into five foot seven brunettes. And she was like, looked once and she said, Will, never tell that man who I am. I'm going to level with you, Billy. I hooked up with him and his brother and I faked my death in front of them. I had a good reason, I swear. 
But I'm trying to kind of set things up with the brother. And again, they both think I'm dead. So you can see how complicated it already is. That one is way more in love with me than the brother. So he just can't know because I'm going to have to run from him too. Yeah. <laughs> Matter of fact, give me two extra IDs. Now that I've seen I'm close to him. Damon spots some people and like flashes his veins. And Will says, hey, uh, could you please be discreet? Damon says, I kill people and give you their IDs in case we didn't catch that. <laughs> and says, you let me feed in your club. Discretion was never part of the deal. And Will goes to the back because he doesn't want to deal with this anymore. Will's like, okay, fine. Yeah, he said, I'm going to my office. I'm a real Sam Malone. Just looking for his Diane. It appears he never found her. Yeah. <laughs> There's some guys fighting. Damon approaches the fight. He like grabs one guy and goes to feed on him. But some girl stops him. And then we look up and who is it? But Miss Lexi rocking an iconic like blonde hair color. Yeah, she's giving Haley Bieber. <laughs> she looks very cute. The 70s work for her just the way they work for Damon. I mean, they are looking hot. Everyone's looking sexy. Everyone's looking sexy because Damon has like a white t-shirt with like paint on it. It's like reminiscent of a pentagram, but it's not a pentagram. Yeah. It's like the anarchy symbol, I think. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. It's sexy. Yeah, it's sexy. And Lexi says, you're going to feed on him right here. You're getting sloppy, Damon. And then we go back to present day New York City, Billy's. On the east side, where you at? And Elena says, you got Lexied? Then Damon gets his head pushed into the table. And we're like, who the hell did that? And who is it but Rebecca? Because Rebecca said, no, uh, you won't miss me for an episode. She says, following a lead without me? Poor form, Damon. I have to say I'm a little hurt. I thought we made a good team. I mean, not without his fireworks, but what classic pairing isn't? <laughs> She's just having fun. She's like, I'm in New York. I'm being cute. Yeah, I'm being cute. I look great in New York. New York looks good on me. It's been waiting for you. She's like the type of girl who posts on Instagram, like thinking of New York. And Elena says, what the hell are you talking about? And Rebecca says, Damon's following a lead to the cure. I'm following him. Notice your name never came up. And Damon's like, girl, shut up. Elena says, you're doing what? So yeah, Damon was able to keep this under wraps for 15 minutes. Which, to be fair, he didn't know Rebecca was coming. But he should have expected that. Yeah, he should have expected that Rebecca might be trailing him. You were working awfully close with Rebecca. And he drove a car. He drove his very noticeable car. Yeah, his very conspicuous car. Get a fucking Corolla and maybe this won't happen. Yeah, literally, <laughs> drive a Mini Cooper. That would be too noticeable for him, too, because he'd be like, why is that really hot guy getting out of a Mini Cooper? Yeah. <laughs> I gotta follow him. And Damon turns to Rebecca. He tries to salvage it. He says, how does it feel to be wrong all the time? Nice attempt, buddy. Just jump right at it. He says, I brought Elena here to feed. I mean, Mystic Falls isn't exactly vamp Xanadu right now. And Rebecca says, so you drove seven hours to New York City. <laughs> She's like, come on, Damon. Be so serious. He says, yes. And as I was explaining to Elena before we were so rudely interrupted, my history in this city has a particular resonance to her current situation when I had my humanity off. So he kind of sells it a little bit. And then we go back to 1977, the alley behind Billy's. And Lexi says, that explains it. Your switch is flipped. Now, you were very sure that Damon had never turned his humanity off. Yeah, I was sad about this reveal. I mean, I think you can make the argument that his humanity still wasn't off during this time. 
that he was just like, I don't give a fuck anymore. But also him turning it off isn't as big of a deal because like he's not acting that different. Yeah. He doesn't make it everyone else's problem. Yeah. He's just hanging out. He's not even any more unpleasant than usual. He's not more pleasant or more unpleasant. He's pretty similar. He's just feeding in a little bit more of public spaces. He's just being a little bit more conspicuous. Yeah. And being like a little meaner than he has to be. But like, honestly, of all the places to conspicuously feed, a punk bar is kind of one of the best ones. Yeah, that's still a pretty smart move. Because like, honestly, if I were at a punk bar and I saw someone biting some guy's neck and there was blood, I'd be like, okay, weirdo. But I'd be like, yeah, that tracks. I'd be like, okay, they're really into this. Yeah, like I'm at a punk bar. Like, wow, they're way more punk than me. I look fucking lame right now. Like, that would be my reaction. I'd be like, man, all these people are cooler than me. Yeah. That bitch is getting eaten, girl. (laughs) I know. Why are you jealous of her? He's killing her. And I'm like, man, I wish I was that cool. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, another shot, I guess. (laughs) Damon says, would you mind? I can't hear my prey over your constant babbling. And she says, you know, you're not even covering your tracks, Damon. We heard about you back in Mystic Falls. And Damon says, oh, so Stefan sent you. I thought we were in the off part of our endless on again, off again, eternity of misery cycle. And she says, "Okay, well, lucky for you, he cared just enough to send me. So why'd you flip your switch? What traumatic event was too much for Damon Salvatore to handle? What do you think the traumatic event was? That's a great question because we completely went past this. We sure did. Because I'm going to tell you. There is a traumatic event. Traumatic event. Let's see. I honestly, I will tell you this. I don't think you're going to guess it. Well, I'll try. Yeah, I would love for you to try, but it's something It's something we will address at some point on the show, what caused him to turn his humanity off. Most recently, we know he was in New Orleans in the 50s or the 40s. It was the 40s when Stefan went to World War II and Lexi was like, don't go to war, you selfish piece of shit. That was, I think, 1942. So what I'm saying is the most recent flashback we've had is the 40s when Damon was in New Orleans. Now, clearly him just leaving a girl to count bricks for years and years wasn't a traumatic event. Clearly, Stefan going to war without him wasn't a traumatic event. And he knows Stefan's alive. So my one thought is like, maybe he thought Stefan died in war. Here's another thing I want to bring up. Let me say one thing before you say it, because I think I know what you're going to say. My guess is that it's something to do with love. Now that's your new guesses. Um, I think, I mean, I don't know who he would have like fallen in love with so much that that would be traumatic. Maybe he accidentally killed someone he didn't want to kill. Oh, let's go way, way back. I was going to bring this up, so I'm glad you got here. Okay. I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to say. Way back when we saw, when Elena was first figuring out that Stefan was a vampire and his uncle was killed in like the 50s. I long ago said that I thought that was Stefan. I guess maybe that was Damon. But so maybe he tried to like get along with Stefan after war and then ended up killing their uncle. And that's what led to this current off. Wouldn't Stefan know and then tell Lexi? And now she's asking what traumatic event was too much for Damon Salvatore to handle. That's a good point. Maybe that question is rhetorical. Just something I want to ask. I'm glad I got there on my own because I could tell you were trying to bring up something. I was like, no, I can do it. I can do it. I will say we will learn more about some traumas that Damon goes through in between that last flashback and this one. So TBD, if you got anywhere near it. But Damon says that the trauma that he endured was leave it to Beaver. And he says the 50s bored him. I got to agree with him there. (laughs) And Lexi says, well, it's the 70s now and keeping it off is going to get you caught and killed. 
And he says, I'll take my chances. And she says, well, I won't because I promised Stefan. And Damon says, look, you and Stefan have a thing. I get it. He falls off the wagon. You pick him up. He gets redeemed. You get your Florence Nightingale jollies. Well, I'm not him. I don't want or need you. That's what Stefan says, too. <laughs> yeah. She says, too bad. You got me. Yeah, Lexi's like, you guys wanting me to help you has never been part of the deal. Yeah. I just show up. I show up, hang out, party. Party, and then torture you a little bit. It's a fun time for me, honest. I have a great time. And then we go back to the present day. And Rebecca says, well, she sounds dreadful. And Damon says she had a Mother Teresa complex. And Elena says, so let me guess. After many dark nights with Lexi, she convinced you to turn your emotions back on. And that's exactly what you plan to do with me. And Damon says, you read the last page of a book first, too. I'm going to go get many drinks. He's like, this is going to be a long day. He goes up to the bar. He orders three beers. And while he's at the bar ordering, Rebecca goes up to Elena and she's like, do you really buy all of this? And Elena says, not one bit. I know he's after the cure. I'm not stupid. And Rebecca says, let's not say things we don't mean. If you like the way I talk, then why am I on your mind? She ate with that. Elena says, Damon is like a dog with a bone. Stefan too. They won't give up until they find the cure and make me take it. So I guess I'm going to have to find it first. Rebecca, despite herself, is kind of impressed by Elena. And she says, you're playing him. And Elena says, no, he's playing me. I'm just returning the favor. Rebecca's like, you know, this works out because she doesn't want the cure, but she'll help me find it. This works out for both of them. And, you know, they don't team up right away, but it's smart that they do. Rebecca does a good job in this whole cure storyline of aligning with people who are the smart ones to align with at the time. Mm -hmm. Now, things always change, but she's been pretty good about being like, I want the cure, so I'm going to be with people who also want the cure intact and go from there. Now, do I think it's going to work out for her in the long run? No, but I think she's playing it well. She's doing as best she possibly can. Yeah. Then we go over to Shane's old office. Klaus and Stefan and Caroline arrive to rifle through things. And Caroline says, what are we looking for? And Stefan says, well, if Shane was really working with Silas, chances are he was helping him plan his next move. And I mean, Shane is not really working with Silas. Silas is working with uh, Shane's persona, but whatever. Caroline says, where on his evil villain to-do list? Steal blood, perform three massacres, pick up dry cleaning. And Klaus decides to be silly goofy. And he says not to nitpick, but we evil villains usually use minions to pick up our dry cleaning. He ha ha giggle giggle. And he's like, that's why I'm so pissed. I don't have any minions left. I have to go to the dry cleaner. I didn't even know where it was. And Caroline says, why is he necessary again? And Stefan says, we don't know what Silas can do. So if we have to go head to head with him, an original hybrid who can't die might come in handy. Smart thinking. Klaus says, besides, Stefan and I work well together. Or at least we did in the 20s. A little party never killed nobody. And Stefan says, yeah, granted, my emotions were off. So Klaus says, yeah, that's why you were more fun. And then he, you know, sits down. He's just chatting. Klaus isn't looking through anything. (laughs) Yeah, he's just happy to be part of a team. He's like, I got invited somewhere and Caroline's here. He says, you're telling me I get to be on the team with Stefan and Caroline? This is my dream. I'm going to soak this one up. Klaus says, you know, just as Damon is probably relishing in Elena's emotionalist company in NYC, Stefan says, yeah, my brother knows what he's doing. And Klaus says, does he? (laughs) And he says, don't underestimate the allure of darkness, Stefan. Even the purest hearts are drawn to it. And he looks at Caroline. Yeah, he shoots her a look. He knows what he's doing. And Caroline, like, perks up. She hears this. She clocks it. And Stefan also clocks this. He's like, oh, sparks. He said, interesting. He says, am I shipping? 
He said, this is even a better couple than if I was with Caroline. For now it is, but it won't always be that way, (laughs) Stefan. Klaus says, still, I'm sure it will all be fine. And Caroline luckily finds something so she can move the conversation. She says, I think I found something. It's a book called Symbolic Figures in the Dark Arts. She says, didn't Bonnie talk about expression triangles? Here. And there's a chapter on expression triangles. How convenient. Stefan reads, in some schools of magic, such as expression, human sacrifice can be used as a source of power. It's rumored that the addition of two supernatural sacrifices compounds the mystical energy, creating an expression triangle. Caroline points at the triangle, at the diagram, and she says, okay, humans here, that's the council fire. Demons here, that's Klaus's hybrid failure. And Klaus says, I wouldn't have called it a failure. (laughs) He said, hey, let's not get crazy. And she says, oh, what's the third? And then she looks and she says, oh, no. And then we quickly go over to the Bennett house where Bonnie tells us what the third is. She says, you want me to kill witches? He had to keep this one locked up tight until the very end because that's a another big jump. It's hard to get a witch to kill witches. And you got to give it to Shane because I think Shane probably knew this was the third massacre. And I think in having Bonnie reject the spirits, it drives a wedge between her and other witches in a way that he could potentially manipulate now i think if silas had not been freed i don't know if shane could have convinced bonnie to do this i think the only reason that they have bonnie even close to doing this is jeremy being dead and i think shane knew that he could not bring up that this was the third massacre i mean he was being cagey about the idea of a third massacre in general and i think he knew this would take quite a bit of pushing and i think he probably thought okay like maybe silas can help me with that one Mm -hmm. I think he knew this one was going to be the sticking point. Yeah. But he's been slowly being like, other witches don't trust you. They don't care about you. You're just so powerful. It's not that you're doing something evil. It's that like they're jealous of you. They're threatened by you. He was setting the groundwork for this. I don't think he was anywhere near close to getting her to do it. But Silas really kicked it up a notch. Exactly. And you had long suspected that this third massacre was going to have to be supernatural. Yeah, I had said when, you know, hybrids were the second 12 that I was like, I think killing something supernatural gives extra power to the sacrifice. And you were right. You nailed that. Silas says, again, like we've been over this, it's temporary. They're all going to come back. So get over it. Stop worrying about the dead ones. They're all going to come back, except the first massacre, which I did lie about. But I'm not lying about the other two. And you can trust me because I already told you about one lie. He says, you're really harping on the death thing, and I really wish you wouldn't. I don't know why you won't just kill people. Like, I know you're not, like, dying to kill 12 people, but, like, it's only 12. Yeah. Like, he's like, I've killed far more than that. I don't really care about 12. Yeah, 12 is pretty small, like, in the grand scheme. Well, and it is also notable, since we mentioned this earlier, that it's witches and Silas doesn't seem to have any issue killing 12 witches, which he was a witch before he was a vampire. So you would think he would have some emotional connection that that would be a harder one to do. Seems to have no issue with that. And it's also notable that he made it so like Bonnie had to be the one to kill them was his goal. Well, I do think we get a little bit of a clue to this later when we hear from Asia. She makes a comment that she was friends with Abby, but once she became a vampire, they didn't have a lot in common. So it's quite possible that when Silas became a vampire, he was shunned by witches. That and the betrayal by Ketsia was probably a a combo platter of not being a huge fan of witches. Exactly. Bonnie says, what if I'm not strong enough? 
And Silas says, you are. Because once they realize how strong you are, they're going to channel each other one by one using spirit magic until they can strip you of expression. So you're going to have to endure until all 12 are linked as one. And then the door opens and Silas says, okay, listen, your dad's here. We have to convince him. And it's like, why do you guys think that's going to (laughs) happen? Rudy comes in and he says, how was the session? And I do want to point something out here because this is the first time we've seen Silas appear to two people at once. Oh, that's true rather than just one person, which tells us that perhaps it isn't a mind control thing and that perhaps he is a shapeshifter. If he's a shapeshifter after you laughed at me, I don't know. I don't know. Well, we haven't seen him appear in another shape yet. So if he shifts to another shape, perhaps. I think it's still a potential that he's like, he's in a body form and maybe he's not physically shifting, but he's like hallucinating the shift. So he's like still a different body, but he appears to people as what he wants them to appear from. So it could still be a mind control version of quote unquote shapeshifting. I think that's a great guess. There's a continuum of shapeshifting. It doesn't have to be like blue, 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 and then you're a new person. Yeah. Silas says, to be honest with you, Rudy, you know, the session was not great. Meditation's not really working. He says, to be honest with you, Rudy, she's being a little bitch about the massacre. To be honest with you, Rudy, she doesn't seem to understand that They're not going to be dead for good. They're going to come back. Rudy, can I ask you something? Do you think she cares about you more than Jeremy? Be honest. Do you think if I killed you, that would work? (laughs) Rudy's like, what? (laughs) And, you know, Silas says her magic's just too strong. And Rudy says, you told me you could help her. And Bonnie says, well, dad, it's not his fault. And Rudy says, "Uh, not his fault. He's the one who taught you this magic and now he can't control it. Yeah, Rudy's like, I'm struggling to see who else's fault it would be. I don't know who else to blame. I mean, it kind of seems like it's this guy. I mean, this guy's standing right here. Silas says, I mean, we have an idea, is the thing. Rudy says, well, I'm not going to listen to any more of your ideas. Get out of my house. He says, it sounds like you're doing a bad job. So why would a new idea suddenly make it a good job? Because I would guess that you led with your best idea. Yeah, it's funny because Rudy... Got manipulated by Shane, and he's been trusting him. And Rudy's like, okay, fool me once, shame on me. But I'm kind of done here. And he's like, I think I may have made a mistake in just letting you hang out with my daughter unsupervised. Crazy, I know. I'm seeing now that I think I've been a pretty bad dad, all for the hustle and bustle of pharmaceutical sales. And being mayor of Mystic Falls. (laughs) I had to give like four speeches about that goddamn fire. Silas says, the thing is, we're going to call on the spirits. And Rudy says, no, get out of my house. Rudy says, I don't fucking think we will. That doesn't sound like something I'm on board with. And then Bonnie says, wait, breaks all the windows in the living room and lights the fire up. It's like, okay, girl, that's a little much. And Rudy says, what is happening? (laughs) And Silas gets back into Shane character and he says, this happened to my wife. Expression consumed her. She had no control. It's like, yeah, and then she died. Yeah, you want to tell Rudy then she died? You would think Rudy would be like, oh, great. Let's bring your wife in for her expertise. Oh, she's dead? Oh, she's oh, she's not alive. Okay. Uh, I have to tell you to get out of my house yet again. And so Bonnie says, I need you to call mom. We need witches. A lot of them. Twelve exactly, actually, if it helps. <laughs> yeah. Twelve if you can get them. And if there's more, that's fine. Then I can maybe pick and choose. Twelve is great. Thirteen will work. Eleven won't work. <laughs> Anything below twelve. I'll kill you right here. I'm so serious. Then we go back to New York City. Concrete, don't you yeah. dreams are made 
We go to Billy's. On the east side, where you at? A concert is happening. We go back and forth uh, between present day and the 70s in this scene quite a bit. We start in present day, however. Damon brings Elena and Rebecca some shots. And Elena says, is this allowed? What would Lexi say? Let's just take the shot. First of all, Lexi was drinking tequila shots like it was her job. This is allowed. Yeah. And Damon says, well, Lexi thought the only way I would turn my emotions back on was if I started enjoying my life again. Got to get the good emotions in first. Yeah. So they let the bad ones in. It's a good way to do it. It's a good method. Rebecca says, don't tell me she took you to Bon Jovi concerts too. Rebecca is looking for tips on how to be a hot, fun girl. She's like, so, and what bands were cool? Yeah. And was she like, was she like a tequila girl? Was she a vodka girl? What's, what's that deal? Yeah. What's, what would she say about a vodka grant? Like to a club like this, would she wear like heeled boots or just regular boots? Would she have her hair done? And I'm I'm really, you know, misreading things because Elena's here in a fucking blazer. That doesn't seem right to me. Would Lexi be doing that? Would Lexi wear a blazer to a bar? Right. She wouldn't, right? <laughs> Damon says, wrong decade. Lexi was not allowed to feed with Stefan, but I didn't have that problem. And then he turns to Elena and says, neither do you. And he holds his hand out to Elena and they go to the dance floor. Then we go back to the 70s. Lexi and Damon are in a similar crowd. They're dancing. Some guy shoves Lexi. Damon scares him off. They're having fun together. We go back to present day. And Damon and Rebecca and Elena are all dancing together. And Elena's having so much fun, she takes off her blazer finally. Yeah, it's like, okay, girl, you should have done that from the start. And she says, I'm hungry. And Damon says, pick. Elena does pick a woman right near them. She dances over to her. She's swinging that hair. She's flipping that new haircut. She's like, if this bitch doesn't compliment my hair, she dies. And that's it. It's just that simple. That's the rules today. Elena compels her and she says, okay, don't scream. And then she bites her. She makes eyes at Damon while she's feeding because she knows she's, you know, sexy. He comes over and he feeds with her. Then we go back to the 70s. Damon and Lexi are feeding on the same person as well. Also sexy over there. And then in the present, that continues. Damon and Elena feeding on the same woman. And then Damon gets up and says, oh, Rebecca, it's your turn. And then Rebecca feeds with Elena. I was like, we better not be going a threesome route this episode. I can't take that. And luckily we didn't. Thank God. I know it looked for a second like, oh, come on. Can we not do this? I've seen the Gossip Girl threesome. Not a fan. This show had also seen the Gossip Girl threesome. And they said, oh, we are not doing that. They wrote this episode and they were going to do a threesome and then they saw the Gossip Girl threesome and they said, ooh, is that what that's going to look like? No, let's cut that. Damon walks away. Elena sees him walk away, but she's not like deeply worried about it at first. She continues to feed. She's like looking like, why is he walking away? That's kind of weird. But then she's like, "Mm, I'm hungry. And then Damon finds an apartment above the bar. We can assume it's Will's apartment. And he says, pack rat. Thanks, Will. It's good he's a pack rat. You're here looking for information. Yeah, would you rather it be cleaned out? Be nice. You didn't kill him already. Yeah. (laughs) Then we go out to the woods. Bonnie approaches a witch who's waiting for her. And Bonnie says, is it just you? And the witch is like, this place wasn't easy to find. And Bonnie says, yeah, I figured you wouldn't want to draw attention. The witch, her name is Asia. She says, it'll work. Bonnie says, oh, were you a friend of my mom's? And Asia says, I was until she became a vampire. We didn't have a lot in common. After that. And Bonnie says, oh, so she's not coming. And Asia says, well, this is witch business. I know you're scared, but I've dealt with expression before. 
I know the hold it can have on you. So here's the questions I have, Miss Asia, since you've dealt with expression before. You read the news in this town? Didn't you hear that there was a massacre of 12 humans? And don't you want to, like, look at where that is on the map? And she might not know about the hybrid murder. Fine. You pick a location, Asia. Even if you haven't been reading the news. You know this is about expression. She told you. If you've dealt with expression before, you have to know the number 12 is big. Don't bring 12. I know she's like, we're bringing a full coven, whatever. Leave a couple at home. Yeah. Bring 10. And here's the thing also. If Asia's idea was like, we're going to try to strip her of expression, but if we can't do it, we will kill her. Then she would be like, I have 10 of us. It's not working. Bye. Don't bring 12. Don't let her pick the location, especially if you've dealt with expression before. Well, especially if you've dealt with expression before, find a place where you can channel some other power in addition to the other people. Mm-hmm. Like you could pick a place where that has power, like the old witch house, which of course, no longer a source of power, but something along those lines. And that's the thing. If if she'd picked her own location, she could have done that. But she just let Bonnie pick the location. Like, you know, expression can have a stronghold on, on you. And you let the one with expressions hold on her make all the decisions about this. This is on Asia. So Asia tells Bonnie she knows the whole expression can have on her. And Bonnie says, well, it's not that. It's just like, I'm strong. You're not going to be able to do this alone. Red flag number two. She's like, well, I'm not worried about expression having a hold on me. It's like, then why did you call me here? Yeah. And Asia says, oh, honey, who said anything about being alone? And then all these witches come out of the woods and she says, there's almost nothing as strong as a full coven. And Bonnie starts counting. Asia says, so I brought 11 of my closest friends. And Bonnie says, dope. Oh, Asia. And she says, it won't be fun, but we're going to cleanse you. Are you ready? And Bonnie says, let's do this. You know, there's a lot of strength that comes to witches by keeping all other supernatural creatures like way below them that they value witches above all else. But in this case, they made the wrong call here. This witch was not worth trusting at the moment. Yeah, they should not have been trusting her. Then we go back over to Billy's. On the east side, where you at? Elena and Rebecca continue to feed on the woman and then they compel her to leave. And Rebecca says, well, looks like Damon gave us the slip. And Elena says, good. Hopefully he'll find whatever he's looking for. Then I can take it. And then she puts her blazer back on and goes over to the bar. And she holds up one finger to order one shot. I love going over the bar just holding up a finger and the guy's like, what do you want? You need to give me a drink, sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> what name is the tab on? He's like, I'm being nice enough not asking for your ID. At least order what you want. Let's face it. You're 18. You're hot, but you're 18. It's very obvious. I see the red in your hair. That haircut makes you look more 18. (laughs) Rebecca says, what if you can't, like, take what he finds? He is stronger than you. Then she says, you know, I can help you. You want the cure off the table. I want to take it. We could work together. And Elena says, hey, don't you hate me? And Rebecca says, I hated the moral self-righteous version of you, but this one's not so bad. Maybe it's your new haircut. And Elena's like, finally, you mentioned the haircut. God damn. Rebecca sees that commenting on the haircut is really important to Elena. <laughs> Even though I know she saw that red streak and she was like, gag. She said, contrived. Because we know from Rebecca's first introduction, she loved those feather extensions. Rebecca would not put a streak of red in her hair. Now she... She would do like purple maybe if she was feeling fun and flirty. Mm -hmm. Maybe like a rose gold if it were the current day. Oh, yeah. Like she's doing a girly color. She's not doing red. No way. Especially if she's a vampire. She's like red's a little obvious, don't you think? If she was feeling really rebellious, she would maybe do like a black streak. Yes. 
I think black is probably the one she'd do first. But red would be her absolute last choice. Mm -hmm. Elena says, do you even remember what it's like to be human? Weak, fragile. Why would you want to go back to that? And Rebecca says, well, because someday I want a family of my own. Well, girl, you have two brothers. (laughs) She's like, well, they suck. I know that you're mad at your brother right now. You're mad at Klaus. And I don't know what your deal with Elijah is at this moment. But you do have a family of your own right now. I know she's like, if I have a baby, that would fix everything. And that poor fucking baby. Oh, my God. Malibu Barbie Michelson. (laughs) Elena says, that's exactly why I don't want your help. She takes her shot. And she says, the best part of having no emotions is that I can think rationally. I'll do whatever it takes to get this done. You're the opposite. A pile of neuroses and insecurities, hopes and dreams. You're basically one big emotional variable that I don't really need. Which is why Catherine didn't want to work with Elena either. Yeah, Elena's like, you know what? Catherine made points and I wasn't ready to hear them. But she's right. This is one of the more compelling reasons to have your humanity off. If your goal is to like live a long time, the less emotions involved, the better. Exactly. You can see why it might be a good choice for some vampires. Mm -hmm. And Rebecca doesn't appreciate this read from Elena because she knows it is true that she is a pile of neuroses and insecurities, but she really thinks she's hiding it. Well, also, sure, she may be a pile of neuroses and insecurities. So was Elena three fucking days ago. Yeah, how quickly she forgets. Like, I don't really need to hear it from you. (laughs) And Rebecca says, you know, you just made me miss the old Elena. And that is like the biggest insult she could have said. Elena's like, that drab bitch. (laughs) We go back over to Shane's office. Caroline and Klaus are across the table from each other. It's very cute and sexy. Caroline says, there's been two massacres. Pastor Young's farm is here. The old Lockwood cellar, where you spitefully slaughtered 12 of your own hybrids, is here. Girl, like you cared about the hybrids. He didn't kill Tyler. Be happy about that. And she says, according to the book, the expression triangle is equilateral. Putting it here. She makes a triangle. And Klaus says, somebody's been skipping their geometry classes. There are actually two places the third massacre could be. She's like, well, right now this year I'm taking AP Calc. She said, I'm not skipping geometry. I took it like five years ago. Yeah, I'm very smart. He draws another triangle. And so there's two points, the triangle, obviously. And Caroline says, well, you didn't let me finish. And then they look at each other. It's electric. It's electric. And then Stefan comes in and you're like, get out of here. I'm like, get fucking away from this. (laughs) Stay out of this room. And Caroline says, hey, what's going on? Did you find Bonnie? And Stefan says, well, no, but I did talk to her dad and I think I found Silas. <laughs> yeah, he figured that one out quick. Because you got to imagine Rudy's like, oh, my God, Professor Shane was here. He was saying this. And and Stefan's like, oh, my God, please tell me you didn't call a bunch of witches. <laughs> and Rudy's like, oh, yeah, Shane's meeting all the witches in the woods. And Stefan's like, oh, my God, you've got to be fucking joking. OK, uh, goodbye. <laughs> we go back to the woods. Bonnie's laying on the ground. Asia's got her head. And Asia says, okay, call to the spirits. Let them in. Bonnie says like Fesmatos and, you know, that lets the spirits in and they waste no time, bitch. They are angry. Yeah, they said, okay, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) They said, oh, I know Miss Bonnie Bennett isn't fucking talking. They said, I know you didn't just fucking say Fesmatos. You? Hell no. (laughs) She starts like getting in pain immediately. She's like, oh my God, ow, ow. And she says, hey, it hurts. And Asia's like, yeah, because you rejected the spirits and expression has consumed you. Asia's like, of course it hurts. I didn't tell you that, but I thought it would be obvious regardless. Yeah. So Asia continues the spell and Bonnie's like, no, wait, I changed my mind. Actually, I don't want to do this anymore. Let me go. And Asia calls out to the other witch and says, yeah, she's fighting. 
I'm going to need some help. Everybody link with me. Lend me your power. All the witches start saying Phasmatos. They link and a bunch of flame uh, lights up. Some torches light up and Bonnie's eyes turn white. We see that she is like in the middle of a pentagram. So it's an exorcism, baby. Which is what she needs. Meanwhile, Stefan catches Damon up. They talk on the phone. Stefan is in the woods. Damon is at Will's apartment. Damon says, oh, so Silas is appearing as Professor Shane. Wouldn't be my first choice. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get that digging. It's also funny because, Damon, you had all the clues to figure this out last week. Yeah, there is no reason you shouldn't have known this already. Mm-hmm. Stefan says, well, Professor Shane would be your first choice if you needed to brainwash Bonnie into committing a massacre. And Damon says, do you need me to come home? And Stefan says, no, we got it. All we have to do is stop a massacre. It should be very easy. And then Stefan says, how's the cure search going? And Damon says, well, not great. It's no massacre in the making, but Rebecca trailed us here. And in addition to my buddy being a brilliant identity thief, he's also a hoarder. And Stefan says, oh, well, what are you trying to find? And Damon says, Will had a repeat customer. Five foot seven brunette said she was a runner. And Stefan says, oh, so obviously Catherine. And Damon's like, well, I don't appreciate you saying it's so obvious. Okay. <laughs> Damon said, well, I wish I had figured that out sooner as well. Damon says, turns out I was helping her run for me. Ironic. Uh, problem is, I'm pretty sure that this filing system goes by birthday, but I can't for the life of me remember Catherine's. And this is funny because first of all, why file by birthday? But also, it's not like you need the same birthday on a fake ID. Just pick a different birthday. I think probably the reasoning for this is it's a filing system that makes sense for Will. But if someone were to find it, it would take them longer to like find who they're looking for. That's true. So then it might protect their identities a little more. Okay, fair enough. I think that's probably what we're meant to believe. Stefan does, however, remember Catherine's birthday. It was June 5th, 1473. So... After much searching on the internet, I finally found an astrology chart generator that let me go back to 1473 (laughs) so we can discuss Catherine's chart. For the sake of argument, I just picked like midnight as the time. So the moon may not be super accurate. And I found the location of a city in Bulgaria called Verna. So that's what we're going with. I just picked a random city in Bulgaria because we know Catherine is from Bulgaria. So her son, obviously June 5th, is in Gemini. That's very much right. (laughs) No shit. (laughs) No shit. The bitch is crazy. Her moon is in Libra, which is actually very slay because indecisive. (laughs) Yeah. And her rising is Virgo. I don't know a ton about Virgo, to be honest. Aren't they just like anal? They just like things the way they like them, which makes sense of like, she's on her own. She's always only caring about herself. Mm -hmm. Her chart is kind of all over the place. I'll run through the other planets, though. They mean different things. Her Mercury is in Cancer. So that's communication, I know. Her Venus is in Leo. (laughs) Hell. (laughs) Hellish. No wonder. Libra, Moon, Venus, Leo. The bitch is insane. Damon and Stefan, something's wrong with you. You should run. If that's what you want, no wonder you found nothing but pain. Are there any other planets you care about in a chart? I really don't. Not particularly. Like, what's the most predominant, like, air, water, fire? That's a good question. Or, like, what appears pretty prominent. In her chart, she's got three fire signs, four earth signs, five air signs, and six water signs. So she's just fucking everywhere. 
She's all over the place. It's true to Catherine. We love that for her. The stars dictated she would be insane, and she lived up to it. It's iconic, of course, to have a villain of her caliber be a Gemini. Iconic chart. Very good read on her. I know they didn't design it by that. But I love to look at it. Stan, Gemini queen, Catherine Pierce. And Damon, you know, says, that brother is why you are the better boyfriend, because you remember her birthday. Yep. Yeah, Damon, you loved her so much, you chased her around for 150 years, and you can't remember her birthday? (laughs) What? (laughs) Boy? (laughs) Maybe he just really pushed it out of his mind. So Damon finds her file, and it has all her former addresses, including a couple from the last two months. Uh, And they're mostly P.O. boxes, but it does narrow the search down for Damon. So he takes the list, and he puts it in his pocket. And Stefan says, okay, you're welcome for remembering the birthday, like the king I am. Um, You headed back now? And Damon says, yeah, tomorrow morning, I got to keep up the ruse for the terrible twosome outside, pretend I'm having a good time. And Stefan says, and you're not having a good time? And Damon says, I'll tell you tomorrow. Because he opens the door and Elena's there. And he says, hey, sorry, had to get some quiet. Couldn't hear Stefan over the Runaways 2.0. And Elena says, let me guess. Stefan's worried. And Damon says, I'm jealous, probably. He's having acid flashbacks of me and Lexi in the 70s in New York. I'll tell you all about it over a drink. Come on. And he's in a rush out of this apartment, which Elena immediately clocks. Yeah. And she looks in a little bit. She can't see anything, but she just walks away. And then we go back to the 70s. At Billy's. Damon narrates, you know, Lexi stuck with me for months. She was partying with me, showing me a good time. But late every night, she'd torture me in the worst possible way. And Lexi says, tell me about her. What did she look like, sound like? Tell me everything you remember about her. She did this every night for six months and he couldn't remember her birthday? Literally. Damon says, every night. And Will says, okay, that's my cue. Have a nice fight. Try not to break anything. And Will leaves. And Damon says, every night we get wasted. And the second I bought him out, you bring up Catherine. And Lexi says, yeah, because you loved her. And love is the most powerful emotion. If I can just get you to remember how you felt about her, And he says, you know, I don't want to remember. Why do you care so much? And she says, do you remember when we first met? It was 1864. Stefan had just killed your father, made you turn into a vampire, and he was killing his way through Mystic Falls. You hated him. Rightfully so. But before you left, you asked me to help him because no matter what happened, he was still your brother and you cared about him. And now you need help and he cares about you. We both do. Let me help you. Tell me about Catherine. Watching this when you know it's a lie is very like, of course, this is a lie. It's so obvious. Because I was like, it's kind of weird that he just doesn't care about Catherine right now. But I was like, I don't know. The humanity's off. Maybe that's affecting things. Whatever. He says, talking about Catherine's not going to help me. And she says, why not? And he says, because she's not the person I care about. Obviously implying that he's somehow fallen in love with Lexi, which who could blame him if he did? I was too busy being like, fuck yeah, Lexi got to hook up with him in his hottest era. Good for her. I was too excited for Lexi to even clock this. It makes sense that he might fall in love with her because it makes sense that Stefan would have fallen in love with her too. Not only is she like, you know, helping him, caring for him. She's wearing a super tight leather vest as a shirt. Yeah. I mean, come on. She's very hot. Why was Stefan not in love with her either? This is a question I've asked many times. It's a fair question. Lexi says, oh my God, it flipped the switch. Like, why didn't you tell me? And he says, because I barely felt it at first. But every night it's gotten stronger. It worked. You worked. And then they kiss. 
And yeah, in looking at this scene, once you know, it's like, oh, yeah, he's being super fake with her. I should have called that one, but I was just eating it up too much. Yeah, it just goes to show I would have been tricked by Damon, too. I wouldn't get tricked by many people on this show. I catch a lot of them. My gut is up. But Damon, I'm blind. I'm blind. I can't. I do not see it. <laughs> Back in the present day, Elena says, you and Lexi here on the bar? And he says, on the bar, on the stage, on the roof. It was a long night. And then Elena grabs a bottle of like whiskey or something and gets up and he says, where are you going? And she says, the roof. I want to hear the rest of the story. She's being so flirty. So obvious. And the thing is, that's so funny about this. I mean, I know Elena's emotions are off, so she's not thinking the same way that she might otherwise. But girly, you can't do the same move that Damon just told you he did. Like, of course he's going to know it's fake. Well, at this point, he didn't say it was fake. So maybe she thought she was like doing something here. Oh, yeah, you're right. He was like, he actually fell for Lexi. Fool. Okay, who's the fool now, Elena? Yeah. Damon says, okay. And he goes to the roof with her. And she gives, you know, Rebecca a look like, ha, I'm tricking him. Like, I got him. And Rebecca watches this like, damn, now I'm stuck down here. And then some rando dude touches her and she literally pushes him to the ground. She's like, okay. I've had enough now. I don't have to be hiding behind you anymore. They're gone. <laughs> and then we go out to the woods. Caroline and Klaus are together. And Caroline says, I just want to see where we are. And Klaus says, you know, when we split up, you did have the option of going with Stefan. She says, yeah, and leave Bonnie's life in your hands. Fat chance. This was the right call for her to team up with Klaus. But girly, let's all be honest. Sparks were flying. She also didn't want to have to talk to Stefan about the fact that Sparks were flying because he would have asked. Yeah. And she didn't really want to go alone. This was the best combination she could get. And Caroline says, do you even know how to read a map? And he says, yes. Do you know who taught me? My friend Magellan. Crazy line. (laughs) Yeah. And it's also funny because it's not clear if Caroline knows who Magellan is based on her response, because she says, wow, you had a friend. Was he drawn to your darkness, too? And Klaus says, you know, actually, I was referring to Damon and Elena when I said that, but clearly it struck a chord with you. He so got her because he's like, I wasn't talking about you. Obviously, he was. He looked at her. Yeah. But he's got to do it. She says, well, because it's not true. There is no allure to darkness. And Klaus says, really? So you've never felt the attraction that comes when someone who's capable of doing terrible things for some reason cares only about you? Ooh, gulp. (laughs) Got her there. And Caroline actually responds in a good way here that she doesn't let it get her off guard. She basically admits to like, oh, yeah, I felt that attraction. She says, you know, I did once when I thought he was worth it. But it turns out some people can't be fixed. People who do terrible things are just terrible people. This got him because this is his deepest fear that he's gone too far. And now he's like, wait, she was and I already lost it. (laughs) Joseph Morgan acting because he looks hurt. He looks like he's about to cry. And I mean, he kind of gets her at the end, though. And this comment really sets him up for success later. But We'll get there. And he says, we're here. Although judging by the lack of witches, here is not the correct location. And then meanwhile, at the correct location, Bonnie screams. (laughs) Asia says, hey, girl yield to the spirits you can't fight us and she's like crying stefan runs up to asia and he says hey stop this it's not what you think and asia says oh this is no place for a vampire she's like oh this is so not your business and stefan says here's the thing girl she is working for silas and he brainwashed her to kill you and asia's like okay deal let me get my knife yeah asia said okay word and she takes out a knife and stefan says wait what 
What did you think she was going to do? I think he thought that she would just stop doing it and be like, well, I guess she's going to be practicing expression now. Asia says, if Silas has her, she's lost. We can't save her. And Stefan approaches to try to reason with her. But of course, what does Asia do? The little aneurysm spell that witches do so well. And that does debilitate Stefan. And she says, I have the power of 12 witches. So you don't really stand a chance right now. So back off. She pushes Stefan away and Klaus and Caroline arrive. And Stefan says, look, they're linked. Bonnie's going to kill them. And Klaus says, not if the witches kill her first. And Caroline says, Klaus, we need to save her. He says, how? The only way to stop the witches is to kill them. And then Silas gets what he wants. Yeah, Klaus is like, I don't care about Bonnie enough to fight for this because I certainly don't want Silas getting his way. And he's like, if it's between those two, I'm okay with Bonnie going. Yeah, Klaus says, I guess we're going to have a funeral for Miss Bonnie this week. Asia says, all right, spirits, take her soul for you from darkness. And she holds the knife up, ready to stab her. Bonnie screams. And Caroline, before she can even like think about the repercussions of this, runs, takes the knife, and stabs Asia. And Klaus says, no. Yeah, Klaus is like, wait, Caroline, not you. And then we see all of the witches one by one fall to the ground and die because they were all linked. And you can see Caroline be like, oh, I did not realize that was going to happen. Well, it had been explained to her. She knew she was killing all of them. I think in the moment, she didn't really realize it. She knew that she had to kill the witches to save Bonnie, but she was aware. I guess, yeah. It was made pretty abundantly clear that she was giving Silas what he wants by doing this. But she decided that like in this moment, Bonnie mattered more to her, which is what Klaus has over her at the end of this is like, Doing terrible things doesn't make you a terrible person. It just means that you were doing the best you could for the people you care about. Yeah, she was trying to save Bonnie because the thing is, if she had let Bonnie die, Bonnie's just dead. If Bonnie dies doing the spell anyway, guess what? The veil gets dropped and she's back anyway. So it's kind of like if Bonnie being saved is the main priority, this is the right call. Yeah. And we'll see if these witches come back. And if they're pissed, they're pissed. Mm Mm-hmm. And this raises Caroline's body count by a lot. Like up to this point, she has killed one person. Yeah. So she's up to 13 now. So now the massacres have been performed by Shane, Klaus, and Caroline. Caroline didn't expect that. Yeah. (laughs) Caroline realizes what she did. She checks on Bonnie. Bonnie opens her white eyes and says, the triangle is complete. And then closes her eyes. Then we go on to the roof of Billy's. Elena says, wow, it's beautiful up here. He said, there's just a feeling to this city. There's just something so special about this city. It's almost like it's another character in our love story. I'm not afraid to say it. I love New York. I want to get a shirt that says that. I heart New York. I do. I love my heart in New York City. She says, I could do this, you know, the Lexi method. Hang out with you, party with you. It wouldn't be the worst way to turn my emotions back on. And he says, I thought you hated emotions. And she says, I do, but... Maybe I'm just looking for an excuse to spend more time with you. She's being so fake about this. She drinks and she says, you know, I've never done it on a rooftop before. Girl, you got to have a little bit of subtlety here. At this point, you might as well pop to boob out. Yeah. And at this point, she doesn't know that like Damon's little maneuver like this with Lexi was fake, which is actually smart of Damon because he let her just dig her own grave. So she says, you know, I've never done on a rooftop before. He says, you're not missing much. And she says... Damon, you don't have to take the high road anymore. I'm not sired to you. I want this. You want this. And then they kiss. He lets her. They're into it. They make out for a minute. And then she 
goes for his back pocket. Unfortunately, she goes for the wrong pocket. Now, Miss Queen, have sex with him first and then take it out of the pocket. Yeah, you're trying to get it too quick. This is the problem with having your emotions off because as rationally as you are thinking, you're losing the emotional component of manipulation, which is, at the end of the day, the most important. Yeah, She's being obvious. She's like, I just want to get this paper and go. Mm-hmm. And it's like, unfortunately, you do have to kind of string him along a little longer because he's noticing that you're reaching in his pocket, girl. There are nerves on his ass. Yeah. He's Come not on. a dumbass. So he pushes her off and she says, what? <laughs> and he pulls out the list and he says, looking for that. And then she's like, uh, and he says, did you really think that was going to work? The sex, the temptation, the booze. You kidding me? I invented that trick. She said, I, I did think it was going to work, to be honest. It, it seemed like it was for a second there. Then we go back to the 70s. Get up off of that thing. It is the morning after Damon and Lexi have had night of lovemaking. The sun rises. Damon and Lexi are under a blanket, but she starts to burn. So she runs to the door, but the door is locked, but she's in the shade. And then Damon says, oh, good luck. Spent all night reinforcing it. It was tough, though. I had to be really quiet to not wake you. And she says, "Okay, what is this? She said, well, this just sucks. He says, this is payment. And she says, for what? And he says, the last six months of my life for the nagging, the self-righteous platitudes, I'm paying you back for six months of you. And she says, your humanity isn't back on, is it? (laughs) She said, "Okay, I did miscalculate this one. He says, never was. And she says, so this was all just. And he says, a joke, a big fat lie, a goof, a goof, a gag, (laughs) a serve, a sleigh, a bit. (laughs) He says, best part is you believed it. You thought I was like Stefan, a wounded little bird you could nurse back to health. But he's a victim. I chose to be this way. And then he reaches her arm into the sun so he can burn her hand a bit. And then he says, hey, enjoy the day. I hear it's going to be a scorcher. And he runs off. This is a fair distinction that Stefan only turned his humanity off because he was like in such pain he couldn't handle it. This makes it seem like Damon was more like about the choice, which, you know, we don't know the traumatic event that maybe led to this. Or maybe he was like, I'm bored. It's been too long with my feelings on. Time to mix it up. She is pissed off that this happened, that she let herself get tricked. Yeah, because she was like, I did think you were like Stefan. I thought I was going to serve as I tend to do. As I'm known to do. Alas. She said, okay, well, I don't like you. Turns out my first read on you was correct. (laughs) And in the present day on the rooftop of Billy's, Elena says, so you pretended to have feelings for her just to get her off your back? And Damon says, yeah, I was willing to do whatever it took. Sound familiar? And she says, oh, I hurt your feelings. She's like giggling. She's like, oh, I'm so powerful. He says, no. First of all, I never even believed you. <laughs> he said, I knew the whole time where this was heading, girly. You never tricked me. You weren't being subtle. This wasn't like the best thought out plan of all time. He says, not my feelings. I'm looking out for you because one day you will flip that switch back on and all the bad stuff you did is going to come rushing back and it is going to suck. She says, so you're saying you felt bad for Lexi. And he says, no, not really. He says, she became a walking, talking reminder of all the awful things I'd done. And I managed to avoid her for decades. And then she just shows up in Mystic Falls to wish my baby bro a happy birthday. And boom, rush of memories, rush of guilt. And he's, of course, referring to 
season one, episode eight, 162 candles when he murdered her in cold blood. Yeah, so they're trying to give more justification to why he did this, which I thought there was enough justification at the time. Yeah, they want to make sure that they are setting up Damon as as much of a hero as possible because the Delena train is on the tracks. It's It's been chugging. Mm-hmm. And some people may not have forgiven Damon for this yet. It's more showing like, look, he is as hurt by those painful feelings of guilt as Stefan is. He just hides it better. And he just reacts differently to them. Yeah, which is the storyline we're generally on anyway. I was already on his team. I didn't need this justification. Exactly. And Elena says, so you killed her. And Damon says, out of sight, out of mind. Every day you're like this is the day you might do the one thing you can't take back. You know, like threatening to drive your girlfriend off a bridge where her parents died. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. She says, here's what I don't get. You spent six months trying to get her to fall in love with you just so you could hurt her. You were spiteful, malicious, and borderline evil, and you say you had your emotions turned off. But all those sound like emotions to me. This is kind of the paradox of the humanity switch. Mm Mm-hmm. Is that like every action any person ever does can be tied to an emotion if you try hard enough? Well, it's like, is a motivation the same as an emotion? Yes. Is wanting to spite someone an emotion or is or is it not? And that's kind of a tricky thing they try to balance. And some of it you just have to accept like emotions off means empathy off more than emotions. Yeah. But Damon responds to that differently. He says, you know, maybe they were. Maybe hatred was the first one I got back. All the more reason to cure you. Then we get normal Elena back without all the ugly stages in between. And she says, I'm not taking the cure, Damon. And he says, "Mm, yes, you are. Even if I have to break your neck or tie you up in chains until we find it. Yeah, he says, it's super not up to you. (laughs) I've made this decision already. Stefan's with me. We'll force feed it if we have to. We were going to force feed it to Klaus. We'll do it to you instead. Now, honestly, what... Damon should do is snap Elena's neck right now. Just take her to the dungeon. You fucked it up the first time. That's fine. You can still own it. Yeah, you can't really threaten to snap someone's neck when there's two of you here and there's a third person in New York. You don't know what side Rebecca's on. Yeah. And you don't know where she is right now. You think she's just downstairs? Please. Yeah, you think she's just partying at a dive bar? Have you seen her? Come on. Do you think she just like doesn't care where you went? Oh, she's watching. She wants to wrap this all up so she can get to Buca de Beppo. Yeah, she's got a reservation. (laughs) Rebecca appears and very quickly snaps Damon's neck. And she says to Elena, what was that you were saying about handling things yourself? And Elena smiles because she's like, okay, you got me. You charmed me. I'm with you now. I like it. I like the vibes you're giving. I like the vibes of this team. She said, you know what? You're a lot more fun than I ever thought you were. They're starting to see each other in a different light. Yeah. Then we go over to the Bennett house. Bonnie wakes up in her bed. And Stefan says, hey, Bonnie, how are you? And she says, how did I get here? What are you doing here? And as soon as she said this, I was like, oh, she doesn't remember shit. I was like, she does not remember anything from even the island. We're in bad shape. Stefan says, oh, I brought you home. The witches almost killed you. She says, what witches? And he says, oh, my God, whatever the witches did must have messed with your memory. And she says, how do I get off the island? And Stefan says, the what? And Stefan says, oh my God. And he says, okay, hey, Bonnie, what's the last thing you remember? He's like, please tell me it's after Jeremy dying because I can't do this again. And she says, I guess I remember being in that cave. 
and Jeremy was trying to pry the cure out of Silas's hands. Please tell me we got it. And Stefan's like, how am I always the one who has to fucking do this? Yeah, he's like, why do I have to, like, go through this with every single one of you? And he's like, first of all, no, we didn't get the cure, but that is not even what I'm concerned about telling you. He says, I have bad news and worse news. She sees the look on his face and she says, oh, we didn't get it, did we? And Stefan says, there's something you need to know about Jeremy. The next morning in the woods, Caroline is with Klaus and Klaus has a shovel in his hand. He's bearing the witches and he says, all right, that's it. 12 graves for 12 witches. Like it never happened. Only it did happen. And now Silas has everything he needs to open the gates to hell on earth. And Caroline is obviously like not happy with the way things went. But she like is trying to justify it to herself. She says, you were just going to let Bonnie die. And Klaus says, I know arithmetic isn't your strong point, but one is less than 12. <laughs> he got her there. <laughs> she says, yeah, but that one is my best friend. And Klaus says, that's fine. Tell yourself whatever you need to so you can sleep at night. He's familiar with that little maneuver. Yeah, he does that all the time. And then it's like she realizes what she did. She says, I just killed 12 people. And she almost starts to cry. And you can see he like really wants to comfort her. He feels sad for her. I was like convinced. I was like, they're going to kiss in this scene. Finally, we're going to get a Claireline kiss. Like I was just waiting for it at this point. Yeah. But instead he says, you look like you're in need of comfort. And she nods and he says, why don't you find someone less terrible you can relate to? If you like the way I talk, then why am I on your mind? He's like, I have to play hard to get now because I know I'm close. Her saying terrible people just do terrible things and they're irredeemable. That was like the worst thing she could have said to Klaus because that's his greatest fear. Mm -hmm. And now she went and did something terrible and he thinks she can understand me a little bit better now. She needs to sit with that realization. Yeah, he's like, she needs to try to compartmentalize and fail and then come talk to me. Yeah. He was like, it's not any use me gloating about it now or comforting her now. This will work for me. And he nails it. She walks away angry because she's like, yeah, that's fair. He should say that to me. I was pretty harsh on him earlier. And then Klaus turns around because he senses a presence and he sees Shane, who we know is Silas. Silas says, thank you. You know, of the three massacres, this is the one I was dreading. And Klaus says, Silas, I presume. And they just look at each other. He's like, now you're here? Okay. Guess we're doing this. Okay, guess we'll chat. Then we go back to New York. Damon wakes up on the roof and he calls Elena and he says, hey, girly, where are you? And she says, the better question is, where are we going? And Rebecca says, oh, hey, sorry, Damon. I think I broke your radio. And he's like, you're in my car. And Elena <laughs> says, well, we weren't going to take the bus. You really are the most devious bastard in New York City. <laughs> and then she says, you know, I wish this could have gone differently. I really do. Well, give Catherine your best. And she hangs up. She said, we're just two cute girls in a convertible going to find another cute girl. She said, I don't need a man with me today. She hangs up. She and Rebecca like look at each other and smile. They are so excited to slay this way. Yeah. These two are a fun pair. No humanity, Elaine and Rebecca. A crazy pair, mind you. Yeah. High highs and low lows, I'm assuming. Would I want to hang out with them? Absolutely not. Never in my life. No. Love watching them. <laughs> they could tear my entire self-confidence away in 15 seconds. Yeah. I, they probably don't even need that much time. I'm not talking to those two. Yeah, no, I'm not approaching them. 
they drive off into New York City. Enjoy the enjoy the sights. Then we go over to the Salvatore house where Damon is called Stefan and Stefan's like, what did you do? And Damon says it involves a five foot seven brunette and her blonde accomplice. And Stefan says, please don't tell me this is going where I think it is. And Damon says, wrong fantasy, brother. No, he wasn't thinking that he was thinking exactly what happened. Yeah. And Damon says, unless you're into betrayal and snapped necks, the lead I had on Catherine, Elena stole. And it's kind of silent for a second. And Damon says, look, if you're searching for the words to tell me how badly I screwed up, save it. I know I did. And this is why if you find a lead on paper, take a quick photo on that phone. Just pop a quick pic. Saves you a lot of grief. Yeah. Because then when someone finds the lead you want, guess what you can burn? Here's the thing. I think what he should have done is, yeah, literally take a picture and then get rid of the piece of paper. Now, Elena might have been able to find the phone send herself the picture and delete it from Damon's phone. But it would have been a better position than the one that Elena's in now. It was a layup for Elena. It's good to have multiple copies of any lead you have. However, those copies come to be. Honestly, send a picture to Stefan. Take a picture, send it to Stefan, delete it off your phone, burn the paper. Or even just keep it on your phone, burn the paper, but then at least you have a backup. Yeah, it's never safe to have one copy of anything, especially something that someone else might want. Yeah. Especially when Rebecca was there, like he had to assume that Elena was, you know, on to him. And he did a pretty good job keeping her off the scent. And I think he was so convinced he won when he caught her in her little sex play. But unfortunately, Rebecca was there. Yeah. Always trust Rebecca to do something crazy. And so he really regrets how he screwed up. But it looks insignificant when Stefan tells Damon how he screwed up in that he didn't stop the massacre. And Damon says, guess Silas has everything he needs. And Stefan says, everything but the cure. So then we check back in the woods with Klaus and Silas. And Klaus says, sorry, mate. And he like pats himself down. He says, I don't have it. And Silas says, yeah, but you know who does. And the last thing you want is for that cure to be used on you. So bring it to me and it won't be. You get to live. Now, this is a flimsy bluff at best from Silas because Silas needs the cure if he wants to be reunited with his true love. Yeah. Klaus says, yeah, I would get to live with all my dead supernatural enemies from the other side. You know, you don't really scare me, Silas or Shane or whoever you are. And then Silas says, oh, well, I think I know what does. And he pulls out the white oak steak, the permanent one that Esther made. And it's like, who gave him this? Yeah. <laughs> and Klaus says, now, where did you get that? <laughs> and Silas says, let's just say your sister's mind is a little easier to read than yours. So care to reconsider my offer? And Klaus goes to like attack him. But he's gone. He disappears. And Klaus is like, huh. And then really quickly, Silas sneaks up behind Klaus and stakes him below the hut. And Silas says, "Ooh, I missed by an inch, but I'm not trying to kill you just yet. And then he breaks a piece of the stake off into Klaus's like lower back and says something to remember me by. I'll be in touch. And that is where we end the episode. Yikes. Silas has now moved on from just talking to Bonnie. It looks like he's going to start talking to some other people now. Yeah. So how long do you think until the veil gets dropped, if you think the veil will indeed be dropped? I think it will be dropped. Because as soon as Caroline killed the witches, I was like, oh, Jeremy's coming back. That was my (laughs) first reaction because I'm insane. Yeah. I think we'll find the cure or at least find Catherine next episode. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, how they kind of maneuver this relationship with Catherine, because let's be serious. Catherine's going to have a whole lot of fun making jokes with no humanity, Elena. That pair is going to be something to see. Just for a fun 
like exercise. If we do find Kat the next episode, where do you think she's going to be? Just to pick a place. I don't expect you to get it. I don't honestly even think I remember exactly where. I want to say East Coast somewhere. Okay. My first thought was DC, to be completely honest. Maybe Boston, something like that, I feel like. Sure. Like a big city, but not like one of the like, like not New York. I mean, yeah. she. I honestly think she could still be in New York as well. Because it's smart if people know you're in a specific city and then have PO boxes everywhere else, just stay in the city you were originally in. Mm-hmm. So I think that's possible. So I think New York, Boston, DC, somewhere in that energy. She's at Harvard. She's at Harvard. Getting a quick PhD. <laughs> that brings us to the end of this week's episode. As always, if you are enjoying Vampire Diaries and or Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and give us five stars rating and reviews on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.